What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to episode six of the uh, Blue River Bowhunting Podcast. I have uh, Antonio Marsh on here with me this week. What's going on, Antonio? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Long time no see, no hear, no nothing, man. I know it. Uh, cool story about uh, me and Antonio's friendship. We actually met uh, on my honeymoon in uh, the Domin- Dominican Republic, and uh, we're sitting in a hot tub, and he saw uh, the tattoo I have on a bra head on my arm, and he says, you hunt? Next thing I know, we're beers deep, and all we talk about are whitetails. Yep. Look, and then the wives, they were like, as soon as they saw that connection, they were like, hang it up. And that's all they're going to talk about for the rest of the trip is hunting. <laughs> and that's what we did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. But uh, I figured I'd have you on and uh, talk with you a little bit about deer hunting and bow hunting down there in South Carolina. I think it'd be pretty cool. I don't really get to know much about hunting in that area of the country i'm just kind of used to my my midwest whitetails kind of thing but uh yeah. i want to see kind of pick your brain a little bit yeah we you know south carolina we don't you know we don't have you know the indiana bucks you know the big 10 and 12 points you guys got running around there now we have some, we have some big deer i'm not gonna lie about that you know i'm, I'm still new you know stuff is still fresh to me so deer that, that I have killed, you know, somewhere else, they might, they might look at me and be like, hey, dude, I don't you know why you shot that. But down here, it's kind of like that's, that's what we have. And I think you guys got, like, some better genetics going on that way because you got a lot of, like, in Kansas where they're eating all the wheat that's able to just bulk up the bodies and all that stuff. So we Yeah, I think, I think agriculture has a lot to do with it. You know, there's a lot of corn-fed deer around here. You don't really have the, the ag that we have. So when they, you know, they get big body like that and then they start growing big racks and it's just kind of genetics and whatever area you're in is usually good or bad, one of the two. Yeah. But uh, how did you get – I know you said that you were fairly new to hunting and bow hunting. How did you get started in hunting? Uh, my wife's supervisor, he, he was a – Big time hunter, buck, hog, uh, you name it. So he just kind of presented it to me one day and said, Hey, um, you ever hunted? Do you, ever, do you want to go hunting with me? And I'm like, Look, I got a bow, but this bow was just to like look cool, go out to the archery range, sling a couple arrows down. But he was like, Nah, he said, Come on, you know, get, get yourself a, get, get a blind, you know, get you some gear and, you know, thermosails and all that stuff. So I was like, Okay, I said, I'll try it. So I went out with him a couple of times and you know, the first couple of times I went, I said, this is not going to last too long. I'm not doing this. I can't sit in here and just look for animals and come through the woods and, you know, see if I can get a good shot and all that, that good stuff. But um, the more I got into it and I started understanding the process of hunting and how things operate, it kind of just made more sense. What uh, what were your expectations going into, like, your first hunt? Um. To kill a deer mm-hmm. on the first one. I'm not going to lie to you, you right. know, but I learned a lot on that first hunt because especially with the squirrels running around and you just hear stuff in the woods and just ask yourself every movement, you know, like, is that a deer? You look around, I think it's a deer. It's not a deer. It's just a branch falling, a squirrel running around. So that right there brought me to reality real quick that you're not going to come out here every time. And, and kill something every time you go out on a sit. That was right. Just, that did was you get awesome. to sit? Did you get to sit by yourself, or were you sitting with him? Oh no, he he basically took me out in the middle of the woods with the blind. We popped it up. He took off. He said, "Hey, I'm back in a couple hours." And the, that first time out there in the darkness, you know, darkness can play a lot of tricks on you. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. If, if you're not used to being in the dark by yourself, I'm gonna tell you something. You'll learn how to get some. <laughs> oh absolutely so uh is that thing that just kind of snowballed from there and you just kept going with him or did you kind of branch out and do your own thing well you know well, him and i we actually we hunted for a while together because we went down to camden um because uh the lady down there has some land of 34 acres and um, i met up to her son and it was like hey come out here you can hunt and that kind of gave me a chance to kind of get myself used to hunting and eventually he ended up moving. So then I had to get out on my own and say, hey, let me try hunting a few times by myself and see how this works. So the first one or two times was like, you know, it's still a little skepticism about, hey, you know, am I here alone? You know, what do I do? And those first couple of times, it's a good thing I didn't shoot anything because 
I wouldn't have known how to track, how to look for blood trails and signs. I'd have been completely lost, and I'd have been calling somebody. <laughs> so, like when you're, you know, sharpening your tools as a as a uh, an experienced hunter, what did you did you rely on anything? Like, did you look up like YouTube videos, or did you just kind of just talk to people and kind of go from there? Um, I did a lot of talking, and it wasn't until um, I got into the hunt club. And uh, I met my club manager, uh, Mr. Miller. When I really started picking his brain and really understanding, you know, how this process goes, I learned a ton from him. I'm not gonna say a lot of you. And it, it was a lot of, you know, searching the internet, looking at YouTube videos, talking to people who hunt, but I also learned that be careful who you're talking to because I'm learning a lot of people don't know a lot about hunting if you really sit back and listen to them. Right. You you know, as a an unexperienced hunter and you start getting all this information, it's almost like an overload sometimes from, you know, this person saying do it like this, but this person saying doing it like that. And you almost just have to get a feel for it yourself to kind of, you know, I mean, obviously you're going to know the ethics of it, what's right and what's wrong yeah. for the most part. And you're just going to have to make a choice. Do I want to really be that smart, you know, ethical hunter? Some people just take that bad road and they make some bad decisions along the way. Yeah, but you know what? The one thing I learned when I was when I started hunting was, I think a lot of hunters they they overthink a lot of stuff when it comes to hunting. Mm -hmm. So you got to figure it's it's me, my wife, my daughter. We're we're new to this. We're not professionals. We don't know what's going on. But the thing is, we kind of took a common sense approach to how do you, how do we think we should do this? Mm -hmm. So it was like a lot of stuff like before. It was like hey. Stop driving your vehicle into your hunting area, and I had a I had a bad habit of doing that when I first started. But the thing is, I was doing it, but we were still being productive. We were killing deer, we were killing hog. So it's kind of like you start you start asking yourself, well, I understand you know, the approach to hunting. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. But does it really make sense? Okay. You know, I was almost that thing where I've gone and field feeders and. They say, oh, deer won't come around because you're sent to be in the area. I've gotten down the road. Hour later, I get images on my camera. Deer are right in there. So what, what's the theory behind that? Right. You know, Especially with a, a, a state that you can bait and whatnot. You know, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of talk around that. Like, how often should you go in and, you know, fill your feeder or this and that? What's some of these biggest, the biggest lessons you've learned uh, I know you're saying, you know, parking close to where you're hunting and stuff. Other than that, what are some other lessons that really turned it around for you? Um, not hunting. You know, assuming that nothing's going to go off that day until I realized that um, last year was the first time I really got out and was able to hunt for myself. I always was taking somebody else hunting, get my wife out there, get my daughter out there, getting friends out there, you know, getting younger people to go hunt. So last year was the first time I really got to say, you know what, I'm hunting. And I'm going to tell you, I hunted hard. And when I went out, I mean, I was hunting Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. And it, that old saying, you can't kill them if you're not out there. I learned that big time last year. And before it was like I was trying to watch the weather. Uh, is, it, is the front coming? Is it going to rain? It's going to be too warm. And it, and I found instances where I would do that. And unless you know, I get images of like, well, if you were sitting out there, guess what? You had an opportunity. Right. So you, you just got to get in the woods and do it. That's that's the biggest thing I learned. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, you know, I've heard, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, don't hunt it for the wind on this day or blah, 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 which I do put a lot of thought when it comes to that. But, you know, like, say, for instance, in the rut, you know, a lot of people would probably get out of a stand or they're blind or whatever at, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, they're over it. They can't sit there that long, but they don't even know that maybe most of the deer are running through that area that they're hunting at 1 o'clock. But you don't mm -hmm. know that unless you're sitting there or in case you might have a, a camera that sends it to your phone, which is nice, too. It can help you learn a lot, too. Yep. I love that. How many, how many cameras are you running right now? Well, I have one in my, my primary one, which I kind of, that primary got taken away from me. 
my wife and my daughter took it, so basically, <laughs> more my property. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of explain the the hunt club. That we don't have that kind of thing around here. I'm not sure if any of my listeners uh, are around any of that kind of thing. But kind of talk about the hunt club and what they do and how it all works out. Well, I mean, the hunt club. If you're fortunate to get in one, hunt clubs are hard to get into, from what I found out. And a lot is if you know somebody, it's how really a lot of people get into hunt clubs. Mm -hmm. So with the hunt clubs, like where we are, we have 3,000 acres, okay? And we've got about 25, maybe 30 members. I'm I'm, going to stick on the 25 side. Okay. So basically, each of us, we get two primaries. We get a primary one, we get a primary two. But then you also, we have tons of uh, club stands we can hunt. So the one thing we have to do is throughout the course of the year, we have to basically maintain the land. Uh, make sure you know, stands are in good shape, trimming leaves, making sure uh, food plots go down, um, make sure the clubhouse is clean, um, just basically managing it so everybody can come in and use it. You know, we have a shooting range. You can go out and zero your rifles. You know, you can take a block out there and shoot your bow if you want to. But the cool thing about the hunt club, like here in South Carolina, you can hunt the hunt club on Sundays where um, a lot of places you can't hunt on Sunday. Here, we can hunt, you know, pretty much seven days a week. Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that uh, South Carolina was a state where you can hunt on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can hunt because the hunt club is considered private land. Okay. So, is, there, is there a lot of uh, public land ar- around, like, where you live and stuff that are that land that you can access? Yeah, there is, but... Me, um, especially having you know my wife and my daughter, public land, and you know as well as I do, public hands can be it can be a nuisance. Yeah, it's a handful. You can be out there in the morning, all of a sudden somebody come up and forty yards from you, it's like, come on, man, I, I know you see me here, <laughs> you know. And especially when rifle season starts up, it just it's, it's so much. I'm just not comfortable being on public. If I had to, I would, mm-hmm. but it's just not something. Especially my wife, and my daughter, I wouldn't want to just venture into. And that's why with um, the hunt club, you know, it, it works for me because with my primary one, it's near the front of the club. And, you know, some of the guys saying, you know, they won't hunt the front because a lot of big bucks won't come that way or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, my wife took, took a good buck off the uh, near the front. My daughter has, you know, my bow area is pretty much down the road. My club manager is taking some huge um, bucks off of there, off of his wife's stand, which is down the road for me. So, I mean, if I was to leave South Carolina and go somewhere else, I would be looking for a hunt club. But is that something that you pay into like yearly? Yeah, it's yearly. Now, depending, it can be expensive because the, a lot of the hunt clubs, you're basically you're, you're paying the um, the taxes on the land because we basically lease it from a logging company. Oh, okay. So basically, what the logging company is doing by us paying the taxes, they afford that portion of it by letting us hunt on it. But the only thing about that, they can come in at any moment and say, hey, we're clearing this area. And a member may only have an hour to get out there because if they don't, those bulldozers come in will knock a tree down and let you know cameras, everything are gone because they, they don't care. Wow. Now, um, what what would you say your your style of hunting? I know that's kind of a generic question a little bit, but like, you know, if somebody was to ask you, hey, what, you know, what kind of hunter or what kind of uh, style do you do uh, chasing these whitetails? What would you say? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I look at the trail camera. Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I hunt based on what I see on the trail cam. You know, now, now I know I did say, hey, well, you got to be out there. But I also believe that trail camera plays a huge part of being successful and the reason why i say that because my daughter and i were hunting a hog one time and we basically watched these hogs based on that camera and the camera basically told me i told her within a 15 minute interval or increment Mm -hmm. or time frame when that hog was going to show up and sure enough it showed up now as for our style I don't think I have the style because, like I said, we're we're not traditional. I drive my truck in. Uh, now I do do a lot of like scent control. You know, I do think I wash my clothes too much. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I kind of learned that. Especially if I feel like I sweat a little bit, I was like, ah, uh, let me, you know, let me wash this frame down. 
which I do, I, I do do that. Um, I will say something. I, I learned a lot about the wind mm-hmm. last year because uh, I was trying to use a lot of, you know, the, some of the products, you know, Ozonics and some of those other things. Right. And last year, I just wasn't having a good feeling with, with Ozonics. And I've killed deer with Ozonics. Don't get me, I'm not going to lie to you. I mm-hmm. have bucks 15 yards from me and didn't know I was there. Right. Last year, for some reason, the doe were like, they weren't feeling it. You know, so I had to go back to that style of, hey, just throw this out the window and just go with what you know. That's kind of how we do it. And when I do that, it seems like that's when we're more successful. I, I, that the the hunting club thing seems like so cool to me. Like, it just is it everybody just kind of hanging out when they get done hunting? You know, cooking up some food and telling stories. Is, it, is that kind? Is it kind of like camp a little bit? Um, it is depend on because sometimes I've been out there and nobody's there, but then there's times I'll pull up. There may be four or five guys, and they're talking about man. I was, getting, I, was, I was getting out the stand, and then you know the buck was sitting right there looking at me. So everybody starts, you know, telling little stories. But then if somebody pulls up and they're looking like, hey, what you got over there? You know, they of course they get everybody wants to open it up, check it out. So it's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, of a brotherhood, you know, out there. You know, especially when we have like the work days and everybody's out there, you know, talking about each other. Or they be like, hey, I looked in the book and yeah, I saw that buck you killed. And just, I don't know, I don't know about that one. Just giving people a hard time. You know, right. so it's good to be in the club. You know, I didn't know if, like, you know, after maybe some somebody's kill, you know, you got strung up back out back, and you're, you know, cutting it up and you know, drinking beer, that kind of thing. Uh, they may because a lot of times when I'm done, I'm trying to get to get out of there. You know, because yeah. so, I've been in there, you know, five in the morning. You know, trying to get signed in, you know, get yourself, get your boots on, get sprayed up. Is when I come out, especially if you know I'm taking something out of there, a haul or a deer. Look, I'll chat with you for a minute, but I'm I'm trying to get up out of here this process. I ain't got time to sit here a lot of games. Do they have like uh like special hunts, like youth hunts or military hunts or anything like that? Um, uh, not not really. Um, a couple of times, you know, I I bought a young man in to hunt, which you know my club manager he he's cool about that. You know, when it comes to things like you know, getting kids out there to hunt, getting the wives out to hunt, the daughters out to hunt, he he's all for it. I mean, he's even come out you know, like nine, ten o'clock at night to help us, you know, look for something because he's just really into hunting. It's like that that's his thing. Right. And, and even I've done the same with him. You know, I call him and say, Hey, you know, if I know he's hunting, I'll send a message, hey, what's going on? Things looking good. And we're like, Yeah, I got a buck, I'm looking for him. And I'm like, well, you know what? Let me go because it's a good time for me to learn how to track at night, you know, because I'm not a good, you know, I can track in the day pretty good. I'm learning that. But nighttime, I was like, well, this is a good chance for me to get out, uh, go out there at nighttime and say, hey, let me learn some things from him and then, you know, I have to do it. Right. Yeah, definitely gets you a little bit of experience in there, you know, just some things that you may not have experienced on your own or even when you're taking somebody else out, you know, it might be a, you know, a gut shot or something like that. Maybe you just don't have that experience recognizing that type of blood or, you know, something like that. You can probably learn all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Don't, don't bring up a gut shot. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Let's hear it. What's your gut shot story? Okay, so I don't know about t- I might have told you about this, but that would have been remember I, I killed four deer last year. Nice, nice. And I was actually taking another buddy of mine out because he had never hunted. So we went out and it, it was cold. It was about twenty seven, not Indiana cold. Oh, I love it. Twenty six. It was twenty seven, <laughs> so it was cold. So I went out and he stood up because he just got tired of sitting. I was like, hey, it's hunting, man. You got you gotta you gotta brave the elements. So he stood up and he said, and I seen him, he just kind of pointed out the blind. I was like, what? He was like, there's deer coming. I was like, what? So I kind of peeked out and I was like, yeah, look at this. I said, oh man, I'm gonna get a fifth one. This will be a record for me. <laughs> so deer comes up and it literally was in the same spot where I killed that first doe last season. Mm-hmm. So I pulled back form let the arrow fly but the crazy thing was when the arrow left my bow something instinctively told me something ain't right i don't know what it was 
but it hit the deer. The deer went, the doe went straight up in the air. And I was like, okay, we'll find her. So wait a little bit. I went out there just to see if I had blood. Because I find the arrow and I was like, why is the arrow covered in green? I didn't I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so that blood, you know, eventually we started tracking. I'm tracking, tracking, tracking. The blood trail just stopped. So I called up my, my, my buddy Steve. I said, hey, you know, can you bring the dog? I have to track it. He said, well, did you find the arrow? I said, yeah, I found the arrow. He said, well, what, what the arrow looked like? I said, it was covered in green. He says, look, I need you to stop and come out of there right now. He said, I need you completely back out. He said, we're now we're looking at about six hours or so. He said, you gut shot at that doe. And I was like, gut shot it. He said, yeah. He said, if it's green, you went straight to the gut. He says, what you need to do, give it some time. He said, she'll probably bed down, not too far away, if you haven't bumped her from looking for her. But he says, I'll see when we get out there. So we waited. He finally came out with the dog and everything. He, he, you know, looked at the arrow. He said, yeah. So the dog started looking. Dog, look, 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 look. And he went out there. He said, my dog's pretty good. He said, I think, I think he knows where that, where that deer is at. He said, but it's thick in there. I'm, I'm telling you, he said, you want that, you want that deer bad enough, you want to get in there and get it. He said, because it's so thick, the dog can't even get in there. I'm kidding me. But he told me, he said, don't feel bad. He said, if you've never experienced it, then you don't know. I, I didn't know what it was. Right. It, it, it happens. It happens uh, to the best of us. I've had, um, well, I just experienced one last year, I think. I was mm-hmm. filming uh, for my buddy Alan. And uh, he got shot a doe, and uh, it had a little bit of yellow in it. I think he'd be eating some corn or something, but it, it didn't really, it wasn't really greenish. But uh, you could smell it almost on the arrow, and you could just tell immediately. I was like, you didn't hit any vitals. There wasn't as much blood as we probably wanted. We backed out. We came back. We never did find that doe. And then about three weeks later, I'd seen where some coyotes had got into something, and there was a leg there. So. It, he he killed her, but uh, you know we just didn't actually find her that day, and she probably was bedded up somewhere, and we just didn't see her. But uh, yeah, it happens to the best of us, buddy. I wouldn't I wouldn't dwell your head on it too much. Yeah, it it aggravated me. But the thing was, I went down to a, one of the bow shops where I do a lot, get a lot of work done on my bow, and I had it on video. I showed the video and everything, and it was like, man, you you had even with the gut shot, they said you had a good shot, mm-hmm. but. One of the uh, kids in there, he said, uh, "He said, man, he said, but your arrow didn't sound right coming out of there." I said, "No, it didn't." So even looking at the video, when we slowed it down, he said, "Your arrow changed directions two times when it left your boat." And I was like, "Now, so I thought it was just me." He said, "No." He said, "Were you layered up that morning?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "I think, I think something rubbed up against the side of your uh, jacket." And I had a coat on, and he says, I don't think your arrow had time to correct by the time it, it got there. Mm-hmm. And um, if I send you that video, you'll see what I'm talking about. But just, hit, has, just hit at a bad angle. Yeah. And everybody hit in sideways a little bit. Yeah, it was like it went left, came back right before it hit the deer. And the guy was like, your arrow was doing its best to correct itself. He said, it probably, your draw, when you came back, you probably rubbed it against that sleeve and threw it off. Because even, even the sound of it, it wasn't like a good crisp, how your arrow leaves. It was almost like a small little thump when it left out of there. Yeah, you probably caught your, your jacket or something, which is a huge challenge, you know. When, mm-hmm. when, when the weather gets that cold and you're bow hunting, uh, it's a huge challenge. You know, not only are you sitting there trying to keep your body warm enough not to, you know, go into shock because it's so cold, you know, you're layered up. You know, that kind of thing. I had trouble, actually, uh, you can kind of hear it in the video of the buck that I killed from Wisconsin. I had gloves on. It was 19 degrees in October, and I'm freezing. So I put, finally, I hate wearing gloves. I mean, I do not wear gloves hardly at all. I mean, it has to be really cold for me to wear gloves, and I was wearing gloves. And when I pulled my bow back on that buck, I accidentally pulled the, the arrow off of my rest because I wasn't used to pulling my bow back with that glove on, especially it being a big glove like that. And mm-hmm. then I had to correct myself and pop the arrow back up on the rest, which at that moment I was freaking out because I'd never really done anything like that in a long time. But uh, cold weather bow hunt can be very challenging, which I know in, you know in South Carolina you probably don't typically run into that kind of weather, do you? 
I mean, low 20s is probably about where it would be at. You know, if we get 25, 30 degrees, that's that's cold for South Carolina. And even that, that morning, because like I said, I had somebody with me, and normally I'm in that blind by myself. Because normally what I do, if I, if I am layered up and I see a, a deer come in, I'll take my coat off. I really do. People are like, oh, you crazy? You got time to do all that? I'm like, no, you really do if you got time. Because if the deer is coming to eat, he's coming to eat. And if I'm hunting from a ground blind, that deer can't see me in there in the ground blind, not with all that screen and stuff up. So I've actually taken my coat off just to make sure I'm shooting like I normally do if I'm at the range. Because you're only talking maybe a course of maybe three or four minutes of just being cold until you get that shot off. And that morning, I just didn't do it. And I said, you know what? You broke your whole routine of what you normally do. And I said, you paid the cost for it. You did. <laughs> uh, now, do you normally typically hunt out of blinds, just blinds? Or do you hunt like some ladders or lock-ons or anything like that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm blind. I'm not I'm not trying to get thirty feet up there. You know, like my buddy Adam say, I'm not trying to high five God. I'm not. I'm not you keep me here on the ground. I'm good. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I I know a lot of people that um, hunt out of blinds. I I don't necessarily like hunting out of blinds for deer a lot. Um, every once in a while, maybe a youth hunt with a gun or or no. something like that. But normally bow hunting, even gun hunting. I like to be up in a tree quite a bit of ways up there, 15, 20 foot off the ground. I like having that elevated look, you know, being able to have, have that on my side a little bit, be able to see them coming from a distance because a lot of the stuff we hunt here is mostly open. So you're going to be able to see them coming in from from wherever you're hunting. You know, if you're hunting a, a ridge, you're going to see them coming down the ridge or, you know, a lot of these field edges that we hunt, you can, sometimes you see deer four or 500 yards and you got to <laughs> keep your shit together while they wait, make their way around to you. Nah, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I like being up there, man. I, I mean, I'd say 25 foot is about the <laughs> highest that I'll go. It's not that I'm afraid of heights. I just uh -huh. don't want to create too much of an angle for a shot. You know, 18 yeah. to 20 Two twenty-three feet is about perfect for me. Uh, I'll be. I'm, I'm on the ground. I'm looking at the caterpillars and stuff walking around. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you were talking a little bit earlier about hogs. You know, you guys got hogs and turkeys and all that where you're at. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I haven't seen. Man, I haven't seen a, a hog in over a year where we are. Ever since we had those real bad floods a couple of years ago. I used to have hogs in front all the time, so I don't know if with the flooding, it kind of pushed them to the back or what it did. Um, I saw one last year a um, couple of times. My wife actually went out to try to shoot it, but for some, some reason that hog that morning, I don't, I don't know if he had smart or what went on. We were sitting there, and I saw him all the way down the plot, walking in. I told him, I said, hey, get ready. That bad boy stopped halfway mid-plot, and took off in the woods. I don't know if he knew we were sitting there or just didn't see right to him, but I, I never seen never seen a hog do that. Because normally if there's corn out there, they're coming in. They, they don't give a damn what's going on. <laughs> right, they're hungry. I don't know what happened. So now you mentioned turkey, right? Yeah. So, so let me tell you, so the wife, she wanted to turkey hunt uh, for the first time last year. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'll take you out there. So I'm still not good at calling and all that stuff. I'm still trying to figure it out. So I had one of those trigger finger things I was using. Mm -hmm. And she kind of, what are you doing? What's the pattern to it? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying. <laughs> so we, we got in the morning, nothing. So finally I said, uh, I'll let her use it. And I said, well, she got it. Just started just scratching away, scratching away. I was like, look, you got slow. You know, get get treated like a woman. This can't just go rushing to it. Be, be calm, gentle with it. So she whatever. She like you, you like you like you like it. She just kept doing that. I said, you know what? Do what you do. I don't care. So finally, I was like, well, you ready to go? Let's get out of here. So I was like, okay. So we're packing up. We're getting out of the blind. So she looks at me and was like, there's a turkey behind you. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. She said, no, I'm serious. There's a turkey behind you. So me, I was like, well, there's a turkey behind me. Give me my boat. So she hands me my boat. I turn around. There's a turkey, probably 15 yards, <laughs> right behind me, walking through the brush. So I'm like, well, get back, get back in the blind, get back in the blind. So I get back in the blind. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm like, mm. I said, that's a hen. 
She's like, well, so what does that mean? Shoot it. I said, see right there. You cannot shoot a hen, okay? That's why you got to read the regs and the books and know what we're doing. But it was crazy. We were sitting just playing around, just playing around with the call. And this freaking hen just comes right up behind us. And then you know she was back there. <laughs> That's interesting. Is there, like, in South Carolina, is there a, a separate uh, season for turkeys, like bow and gun? Or is that you just bring whatever you're bringing? Turkeys are, that is March, I think it's the end of March to probably the first week of May. They usually change them by a day or two. So you only get, you might get 35, 40 days of turkey. That's it. That's a lot compared to like what we get here in Indiana. We get like 14 days or something. But yeah. uh, you said that you had your your bow with you, you know. A lot of people think that's crazy. I don't personally think that's – I went on a trip last year and, and took my bow just for turkeys. You know, some people have hard enough hitting them with a gun, let alone bow. Yeah, that's my goal. I want to get one with a bow. You know, so then pretty much we get that 35, 40 days. And so that's May. You use Kentucky Derby. My first week is uh, the first Saturday. That's usually when uh, turkey season is over with. Mm-hmm. So from there, you can hunt hogs 365. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So you can hunt them, you know, from 1 January to 31 December. Because they're just, you know, you figure a female can have, what, four, five, six piglets. I don't know what, three, four times a year, whatever it is. So they just produce so fast. And I didn't, right. I didn't know how much they tear up the ground until I saw them rooting up my primary one that first year. I mean, they go out there and they just destroy land. I, I I've never I've never hog hunted before. Uh, we don't have I mean, we have hogs around here, but it's mostly southern Indiana, and it's not really nothing like that. But uh, that's something I've always wanted to do was was shoot a hog, and it, it seems like it'd be fun. You know, I, I've I've watched a lot of videos yeah. on it, but I've not necessarily got to uh, experience that firsthand. Yeah, you got to do it because it's like even my daughter, she said it best. She said, you can be sitting there just just kind of looking, scanning, and all of a sudden, I mean, when they come in, I mean, they just they just come in, man. They come in, they just start eating. And that's what I said that, that hog that morning, I was like, that's crazy. The corn is there. What stopped it? The right. first time you experience it, like my daughter said it best, she's like, oh, oh, oh God, they just, they just rushed in. You didn't even know they were coming. <laughs> Now, what's that, you know, let's transition to, into that a little bit. What's it like hunting with your, your daughter and your wife? Uh, you know, actually, it's, it, it's, it's, it's fun because you're learning, they're learning. And, like, especially my daughter, you know, if you listen to that one podcast she did, she's not a bug person. So you can be sitting there, and all of a sudden, it's like you start getting all this rocking and moving in the blind and stand. It's like, what's going on? And there's always this, it's a bug down there. I'm like, it's hunting, you know. You know, I took them hunting one time, and this is, I, I kid you not, we hunted. I'm frustrated because, once again, I'm not, I didn't see anything. But what are they doing? They're over there taking selfies, you know, trying to get the perfect angle for the picture. I'm just like, guys, it's hunting. We're not going to do this. Okay? <laughs> right. we're, we're not doing it. All right. You know, they got like my daughter, she has a pink camel. The camel has to be right. It's like, even when I go to start spraying the clothes, it's like, well, how much spray are you going to put on it? I'm just like, look, here's the deal. This is the shampoo you use in the morning when you shower, unscent it, desit yourself, get the scent off you. This is the spray we're going to put on. This ain't we, we're not, this ain't tea time. We're not, we're not going to party. We're not going to Victoria's Secrets to pick out stuff. We're going to hunt. But girls look different. But I will say, they get out there. They do it. Now, I don't think my wife will tell you, when it comes to the recovery part, that's not her piece. You know, she'll sit back and observe. She'll let you find a deer for her, but she's not going to get all up in the woods and start looking around. She'll tell you, I don't like snakes. I don't like spiders. I don't like bugs. Get the deer for me. Bring it out. Let me get a picture and let me go about my business. <laughs> now, do you guys uh, process your own, your own deer or you take it to like a locker or something? Yeah, I'm not... I'm not that advanced yet, Brett. 
I'm you'll get there. You'll get there. You'll have you'll have fun with it. You guys that have a little assembly line in the garage, you know, somebody's cutting up, somebody's washing, somebody's wrapping meat, that kind of thing. That, that's fun, you know. Uh, yeah. We did that for a long time. You know, sometimes you know you get maybe in a time a time pinch or something, you know, and I'll take a, a deer to the uh, local locker here. But if I have time to do it. Most of the time we're doing it ourselves. We make our own jerky, sausage, that kind of thing. That's just something that you'll learn over time. You know, you might say, man, this would be real good. Make some breakfast sausage, you know, make some biscuits and gravy. And then you make it and you're like, okay, we're going to make a lot of this now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now, I will go back to uh, my wife and my daughter, I will say. It, it, it's good to see them being productive. Now that I do enjoy, especially with my daughter, uh, she got that deer last year. That was like, that was like one of the highlights. Because the thing is, you you got your little man, and I'm telling you, the first time he takes a deer down, dude, nobody's gonna be able to tell you nothing. Okay, I <laughs> promise you. <laughs> I bet. I'm, I'm excited for that day to you know, finally take uh, take my boy out. He's only he'll be five this year, so I'm gonna give him at least another year before I really get him. Uh, started and doing stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I still think I have to see that a little bit of a maturity there. I know it's, I'm not trying to be mean. I just want him to be yeah. uh, mentally prepared for the situation. You know, I still want to uh, have fun with him when it comes to hunting. I, mm-hmm. I would like to get him maybe doing a little squirrel hunting and stuff like that, or maybe take him while I'm squirrel hunting or do some small game with him or something, slowly get him into uh, maybe situations or being around uh, firearms or you know equipment and he's not a real uh loud noises guy we uh we took him to the colts oh, game really? for the first time uh sunday and he don't like loud noises like uh i haven't really shot guns here at the house but he does like watch me shoot my bow but like mm-hmm. just the all the fans at the stadium he just he wasn't a fan he didn't really want to be around that situation and we've taken him to like the racetrack and stuff like that before and he's just not a loud noises guy i mean I hope he, he gets into hunting one day, but uh, I'm definitely going to take a slow approach to it because I want him to yeah. enjoy it, enjoy it, you know. Yeah, and that's a smart thing. You know, because a lot of people, you know, I don't know if you listen to, like, Amy Hall, her podcast, and she talked about how to don't press kids into it because it's like either they're going to do it or they're not going to do it. Right. You know, the, the, the worst thing you can do is make a child do something they want to do because they're doing like, hey, I'm just doing it because dad wants me to and they're not enjoying it. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. You know, you know, uh, my dad took me when I was younger and at the time I was, uh, 12 or 13 years old and wasn't really my thing, you know, and uh, he took me and I played game boy while he's sitting there deer hunting, you know, and just wasn't into that kind of thing. And then, but it only takes that one time. It takes you that one time that, that great hunt that they get to be a part of and you're hooked. I mean, when you're hooked, it's it's like a, a drug or something. You got to have that. And I can remember, I think I was 14, and I got to go, and they said, "Won't you? You're into electronics and stuff. Why don't you bring? Uh, we'll get a camera for you, and you can film." Okay, sure, I'll I'll try that out. We saw a bunch of deer. They even we were uh, actually getting down or something. I can't remember the exact story, but we we saw these two does and they kind of hid off to the side in the fence line. These does were coming Mm -hmm. at him and I had the whole thing on video and right then I was hooked. I'm like, well, this is fucking cool. You know, I got to see some deer out, you know, that's what, this is what we're chasing. This, this is a little different than sitting over there and not seeing anything freezing for four hours. It's a little different. I think I'll, I think I like this, you know, let, let, give me that bow. Let me try this, you know, (laughs) and it just kind of took off from there. But I'm definitely ready to share those experiences with my son one day for sure. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You're going to be like, man, I, look, when she, she killed that deer last year, and the cool thing, because you process your own stuff, so we went to the processor. Mm-hmm. You know, we're pulling up, she took it off, and everybody was looking, I was like, yeah, I was like, she did it. That was all her. That's you awesome. Like, like, that's impressive. You know? did, was, like, she, was she upset the first time she killed something? Was she, uh, like, emotional? No, no. Didn't show those feelings whatsoever. <laughs> no, nah, that little girl. No, nah. stone cold. <laughs> yeah, the first hog she took down, it was like nighttime. She was like, she said, "Dad, if I think I can make it out, can I take a shot?" I was like, "Yeah, do what you do." So of course, I mean, she 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 got him down. You know, we had to go find it. Of course, Miller had to come help us again. 
got it down, but when she found it, it was like ecstatic. You know, I was kind of wondering would it be that, oh my God, I just showed an animal and the boohoo tears. She was like, nah, when we get to the processor, can I pick out, you know, maple sausage and, you know, bacon and links and all that stuff? And I was like, do what you do, man. It's yours. You take it back to school. Knock yourself out. That's awesome. Does she have any, uh, like, any friends at school that hunt too? No. No. She, she was like a rare breed down at college. And they come <laughs> out the door and she said, I would tell you, she said, yeah, I would pull meat and stuff out. And I'd tell them, hey, it's a hog I kill. Either you eat it or you're not. If you don't like it, it's just more for me. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't blame her whatsoever. Now, what about, I would talk to you a little bit about uh, what you guys started, you know, your little group on, you know, Instagram and you're going to be going mm-hmm. forward doing stuff, but hunting with the marshes. Tell me how that got started or what made you just start doing social media. I'm going to tell you a uh, buddy of mine, Corey, uh, Corey Parker, when we first started hunting, and um, he was just telling me, he said, look, you know, I know people that hunt, you know, especially, you know, African Americans that hunt. He said, but you, I can understand. He said, but seeing your wife and your daughter out there, he said, that's what got me. He said, if I was you, he said, I would like just start a social media page. He said, do like Instagram or something. You just put your pictures and stuff out there so people can see it. You know, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not the big social media person. You know, I don't Facebook and all that. So I told my daughter about it. So I had to get some classes on how to start Instagram and upload pictures and how to do all this, this crazy stuff and hashtagging. So <laughs> once I talked to her, she was like, Dad, this is how you do it. You know, you upload a picture, you can hashtag, you know, bear archery or arrows or deer, hashtag hogs. So once I did that, then slowly, you know, people just started following the page. And I was like, when I had my first follower, I was like, man, we got like six followers. You couldn't, <laughs> I was like, you couldn't tell me nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I saw like how the social media presence can like just kind of boom for you, and I was really into it, it was like, I'm doing that thing every day, every day, uploading stuff hashtagging this checking this out and i was like man this social media can really be a like an excellent tool for you and also help us learn a lot of stuff too because we'd throw a picture up and then somebody would come back and say hey that's cool um would you use or have you tried this have you tried doing that and i was like okay and to go back to how you you know how you say how you learn things and about the, the instagram route you know i'm just like man we learned so much you know um, hopefully I can get back on there because I've been off for a while. But we had a bunch of personal stuff going on, trying to mm-hmm. get to the house and everything. I didn't have time to be worried about Instagram, social media, anything. Yeah, but you got you got a big following on there, and and I'm sure they'll, they'll understand that. You know, life life happens and everything. But it, it, there's there is very a lot of negatives for social media in a lot of people's yeah. eyes. But there are a lot of positives. I've met some really really cool people on yeah. social media that are gr- longtime friends now. Uh, you know, I met Brian from Buck Tags Unlimited, and okay. you know he shot a, a monster down in Kentucky. We had him on, you know, and now we 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 text daily about hunting and you know this going on and this going on. And I've met other people through uh, the NASCAR community on Twitter, mm-hmm. and met some of them people at the races. And it, it's a lot of those pe- people can you know warm up to you just like you treat you just like their family. They would do anything for you. But there is also a lot of people on there that probably don't need social media either. Yeah, I've had um, I had a couple um, came up my daughter one time, and I really didn't have to do anything because somebody alerted me to it, and I was like, "What?" So when I went in and took a look, before I even could get in there, it was like, I mean, my followers came in like freaking sharks, and was like, "Don't worry about it, we got it, we'll take care of it." That's was, awesome. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm gonna stand back, but you got those people who jump out there and wanna, oh, you're killing an innocent animal and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Okay, great. Thank you. Do what you do. You go well, you to know, the store, get your stuff. I go ahead and get mine. You well, know. just like you were talking, you know, you said that the, you know, the genetics and the deer just don't get that big, you know, and you're part of the state or you're part of the country. And, you know, some people would shame, buck shame you for, you know, killing a, a small six or something like that, you know. And I, I try I, I, I try not to do that. I want you to get as much satisfaction out of that hunt as humanly possible. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm sitting there in camo and I kill a deer and have fun, and you sit there in a, you know, a Carhartt 
you know, vest or something, you know, and you kill a deer and you're, as long as you're having fun, I don't care how you do it. You know, the Indians did it with naked with the leaf over them, you know, everybody has, does it their own way. As long as you're having fun with it, that's what I encourage when it comes to the outdoors. You know, I don't see, I don't see it as Antonio shot a small deer. I look at it as Antonio shot this deer. He's ecstatic. He's on the phone with me. He's calling all of his buddies. You know, we're all having a good time now. Like, it's just fun. And people need to keep the fun in it and not let certain things ruin it. Like, shooting, got to shoot 150s all the time or whatever, you know. Yeah. I think when I first started, like, the, the first deer um, the first deer I shot, and actually I didn't realize I was coaling a deer. And I learned Actually, I coaled two different deer. And you know, learn about the genetics of the antlers and all that stuff. It was, that was kind of told us, like, yeah, you, you probably should have got him out of there. Um, somebody else sent me one. Uh, I think it was Adam. Adam Bryant sent me one. And it deer, his antlers are, they're horrible. And I didn't realize how easy those genes could pass down to another deer if that rack is jacked up like it is. Right. But I didn't know that. How did how did you um, form that relationship with Adam? I, I've I've listened to all the podcasts that you send me, and it's really cool that he has you on there all the time. How did that relationship form? Okay, so I'm gonna tell you how it happened through social media. I had saw Adam's page uh, one time before, kind of looked at it, but I still knew didn't really pay attention to it. So we know the same person, but we didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. So um, one day we uh, we go out to dinner every Thursday, and he was like, uh, "Hey man, I said I need to get you in touch, you know, with my buddy Adam." And I was like, "Okay." So he said it. Then when I went back and I saw the page, I was like, "Wait a minute, I've seen this guy's page before." And you know, on his side, same thing. He was like, "Yeah, I saw your page." So what happened was the same night we had dinner, he contacted him and says, "Hey, you know, contact him. You might want to." Get him on your podcast and interview him. So I think the same evening he shot me a message and was like, "Hey, you know, I went through your page. Uh, we need to get together." So he, he shot me an invite. Um, we got together that evening. Matter of fact, me, him, my wife, uh, we sat down and talked. You know, ever since then it just kind of like we've just been it's been like peas in a pod kind of because <laughs> you know even he's kind of like I don't. Uh, he say, I think he said he's an introvert or whatever he told me. He right. was like, I don't associate with a lot of people. He said, but there's few people who I meet and there's kind of like, in the same way for, for him, I was like, I don't associate with a lot of people. And it was like, once you make a connection, it was like, okay, this, this dude's pretty cool. We had the same, same like, see, just, just like us in the Dominican. You're right. And then we went to Vegas, which we you know we did it again. And then we went to Vegas and, you know. Had a probably, blast. You know, probably with the jail for some stuff we did, but hey, you know, we'll <laughs> hey, we can't be telling all of our secrets here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah. it, just like we were talking about, man. You can just you know meet people and it just hit it, you know, hit it right off. You know, you made deer hunt in South Carolina, and it'd be a totally different thing than me deer hunting here in Indiana. But we, the way we connect through just being hunters in general, outdoorsmen, you know, we hit it right off. And the ladies, mm-hmm. wasn't, they just left us alone. Yeah, they're just going to talk about hunting the rest yeah. of the day. You know, just yeah. let them do their thing. Because uh, I was talking to somebody else about you. And they said, how did you meet this guy? I said, I met him in the Dominican. He was on honeymoon. You know, hey, and I'm, I'm going to tell you a funny story, man, because I don't know if you remember, you and George were down in the pool, kind of. Was it wrestling? Oh yeah, so everybody, something like it. <laughs> so everybody was taking wagers on like who was who was going to get who. <laughs> so I was like, I got my money on my man. He's going. I said he's going to take it down. He's going to Navy Sealer and put it under the water. So I'm just kind of like, man, you almost let me down there a couple of times, man. I'm gonna walk through this. <laughs> That's funny. We need to we need to do that uh, Dominican trip again. That was a, bl- a blast. Hey, we got to. Hey, hey, and by the way, happy anniversary because I know it's coming up. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's uh, October 6th, so it's coming mm-hmm. up. And that's what I remember. I'm like, October, I cannot get you guys anniversary because it was in the Dominican. All right. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, all of my buddies, why did you get married in, on October 6th? You know, that's better than November 6th. <laughs> you know, and we wanted a fall wedding and all that, but. 
yeah uh, it was really cool to meet you guys down there that was really cool how that all expired and then you know next thing you know we're going to vegas to do it all again we had fun and riding in the limo and everything that was awesome oh man well, that was a rough morning trying to get back to that airport. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Uh, your uh, wife's family that was there, old girl, she had a rough time with the old jungle juice. Oh, man. This is one. <laughs> now, I was looking at my man. I said, no, Timmy, you got to hold her hair up, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, one thing that I discovered, and I had no idea about this, for uh, – Ever since I've been into hunting, it's not something I've ever ran across. But here recently, I've seen a lot of, uh, on social media, a lot of the the deer hunters down in the south that hunt deer with dogs. Like, they run them. Is that a big thing where where you're from? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of guys do it. Um, I personally, I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, the each is on. You know, right. you do some. People, I think a lot of people enjoy the fact of, uh, I guess, watching the dog work. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of them, because a lot of guys sit there and say, I just like to see that dog, track a deer, track a deer. You know, me, I'm just more of a, you know, I mean, people say, well, you're really not traditional because you're using feeders and corn. But I just want to, I want to be there, just kind of sit, see if what I'm doing is working, you know, uh, going through the woods with the dogs and everything. It's just not something I would do. I mean, maybe a hog. And I maybe contradict myself. I like to do that with a hog, you know. So maybe a hog and deer is no difference. But you know, I, I kind of have this the same uh, aspect on that, I guess, or outlook on that. Um, I don't, I don't think I would like hunting deer that way. I think it would be cool to check out, like you said, watch the dog work. You know, mm-hmm. I get a little bit of to check a little bit of that when we start duck hunting around here. We watch the dog, you know, retrieve the, our birds and whatnot. But deer, I don't think I would like that as much, probably just because of how I deer hunt and how I, w- I was taught to deer hunt. I don't think I would like it as much. I like being stationary. I like, uh, you know, putting all the work in to put myself yeah. in a, a precise location because, you know, and then it pays off for you later on when you are able to harvest that nice buck or does yeah. or whatever it is that you're after, and it feels more like an accomplishment to me. Yeah, I'll tell you, I- I, I'm, I'm gonna try to tick you up on getting up there, but absolutely, we, we got to get some heaters or something. <laughs> I say, I don't think you you, you may not like it because it's gonna be cold, and I'm gonna be off the ground. <laughs> Man, oh, I don't know. I gotta I gotta get my mind right. You know, what, what do y'all get down to? Like the teens below zero? Uh, no, not real. I don't think I've ever hunted deer below zero. I've hunted waterfowl below zero, uh, but you know late shotgun early muzzleloader you're looking in the um the high teens low 20s even for a high sometimes which mm-hmm. that can be rough you know that that's that's tough on anybody i don't care what kind of equipment that you have hunting clothes heaters i mean you could probably survive that in like a big box blind or maybe even a blind with the heater but like i said i like that that advantage of being in the air and you ain't gonna last too long with wind chills, you know. In the teens, you—I don't care what you got on, you're gonna get cold. Face, your hands, you know. And with us filming, you know, our, our batteries don't last as long when it's that cold. We actually stick hot hands in the bag where our extra batteries are, just in case the other one dies, you know. And then something comes in, and then we ain't got what we want on film, which would suck. Ah, oh, we gotta fix on that, Brett. We'll get it figured out one of these days. Yeah, I, I appreciate you you coming on with me and talking for a little bit. Uh, maybe when the once season gets going a little bit, we'll have you back on and uh, you know hear about your season, how it's going, and everything. Well, you're already hunting, right? Yeah, we've been hunting since August. Yeah, August fifteenth. Wow. So how's it going? You, you killed anything yet? <sighs> no. See, Brett, here's the deal. That that fifteenth August date they put out there. I don't know why they even do that in South Carolina because. It's still a hundred freaking degrees out. Yeah, I'm not hunting in a hundred degree weather. Okay. I'm not trying to get in a blind climber or nothing that bad. So the thing is, if you're hunting out there and there's a ninety plus hundred degrees and you shoot something, you better be finding it immediately. All right. Oh, absolutely. He'd be throwing some ice in his chest on the way to the locker. <laughs> you can't I mean, I can't do it. I did it with my daughter one year. We hog hunted and literally it was ninety it was ninety something when we got out of the car. And I sat there and I sweated my butt off. She dropped that hog. I said, listen, 
We get him down. We get him. We get him on the, the back of his truck. I'm going to get a couple bags of ice, put it over him, get to the processor. I said, let's go. I mean, it was smoking. I, I will never do that again. That was insane craziness. I bet. Uh, so how many have you got out? Have you had the opportunity to get out yet? Or are you just kind of waiting for it to cool off a little bit? Um, we it's, it's cooling off. I may try to go Saturday. So I, I normally I don't start till about usually about mid-October, mid-October. And now I know I can go into deep in December after getting those two dough nasty summer. So if I start mid-October, I get I got to get two months of hunting. And I've always had my the most productive hunts, uh, usually by mid to end November. Yeah, absolutely. That's usually how it goes around here for the most part. We like getting out early, which our season doesn't open in Oct- until October 1st. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's usually in the 70s somewhere sometimes. Sometimes we can get lucky with some cold fronts. Uh, actually, this weekend we have uh, the youth hunt in Indiana, and we're looking at low 70s for a high – Low in the 50s already, a nice little front that's coming through this week with some rain, cooling things off quite a bit. So I'm thinking we're going to have, we're going to be able to see some deer this weekend. Actually, my cameras were uh, going crazy earlier when I was getting all this stuff set up. I had some some does moving through, but um, I haven't had a buck on camera. Uh, well, I, actually, I take that back. I had a cam- one on camera a couple nights ago. Okay. He's not one of my, not one of my shooters, but uh, definitely getting some deer movement in the evenings and mornings here a little bit. Not as much as we had, uh, I'd say, two to three weeks ago. We had a lot of buck activity on several of our properties, and everything's kind of slowed up a little bit. But uh, I, I think with this front moving in, we're going to get some movement this weekend, and uh, hopefully we can get a get one down with the little man next door. I, I take my uh, one of my neighbor's boys out, and he takes okay. one of his, his other boys out, and we all kind of just go for the weekend. It's not too far from where we live, so we can always – go get it done come back and you know throw that deer up and watch some college football and hang out yeah uh, we got i think we got 55s coming up here this Ooh, week nice so saturday morning i'm really thinking about getting out there uh, i've been hitting the range because i'm gonna tell you i hadn't been to the range and i don't know when so i'm gonna try to get some shots i went out there was it last thursday or friday i put a group down i was like so fortunately, my second group, I was a little bit tighter. My third one, I was a little tighter. I was like, okay, I feel a little better. But I was like, that first one, I was like, mm, I'm not winning this showing about that, that damn picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you had been busy with uh, your house and all that stuff. So I know that yeah. I know how that can go. I, I kind of had that uh, a couple summers ago when we were uh, moving into our house and getting it fixed mm-hmm. up. I really didn't get that summer practice that I needed, but – you know, it all comes around. You'll get your time and get your practice in and start hitting them stands up. Hopefully you can get one down this year, man. Yeah, so my daughter, uh, she's kind of hyped up because she's been messaging back and forth the last couple of weeks because she really hadn't hunted a lot. And she was like, I'm ready to go. So I'm like, man, I got a feeling I'm going to be doing a lot with her, especially if my wife ends up going too. Mm-hmm. So like, I might end up having to put her in the blind. My daughter in the stand. That's what happened last year. I had my daughter in the stand. I was with my wife. She was bow hunting, and she took that buck down. She sat by herself and everything. That's awesome. That is really awesome to see him progress like that. From you know when you guys first got into it, now and you're you know she's going off on her own and killing deer. That's a, that's a quite a bit of an improvement. Just a few years. Yeah, because even that morning when I got her in there, uh, like I said, our style just not traditional. We were going in that morning, and sure enough, walking in, my trail camera went off, and we're probably literally 40, 50 yards down the road, and we got a buck in there where I'm trying to get her in that same stand. Oh, man. So basically, I said, look, go red light, and let's see if we can get you in. I got her in the stand, got her set up, and I was coming down, and I kid you not, as I was walking out of there, I could hear that buck walking around in the woods. And right then, I, I said, you know what? Anybody else tell you, oh, that buck's never going to come back. But get away from being traditional. You know, if the buck's going to come back, he's going to come back. If he's going to eat, he's going to eat. You know, so stop playing the, well, let me end the hunt and get up out of here because I just do the whole hunt. You don't know what's going to happen. Another buck could be coming, you know, a half a mile down the doggone road coming that way. So, you know, just get out and hunt. Right. What uh, what are you running in those feeders? Just straight corn? Yeah, just corn. Just that, corn. Uh, I think that thing a hold about... 120 
120 pounds, maybe four, maybe 160 pounds of corn. And I'll run it in the morning, usually about maybe a good hour before the sun comes up. So I'll be changing times here pretty soon with time to change. So right now I got it going off at 6 a.m. and 6.30 in the evening, I think it is. It might be flipped around. I'm not is sure. that something that you can control like with your phone? Well, no, I don't. No, you have to manually set it up that way. I have to actually be out there and change it. Only I can control, you know, the camera. You you want to do this so much with the camera too, right? But, but I think I don't know. Are there feeders out there where you can do that? I don't know, honestly. Uh, we don't get to do that kind of thing around here, okay. so I don't really know the technology. I'm sure there's something out there where you can probably control the feeder from your phone. I mean, there's a lot of technology out there. I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of thing exists. Yeah, because I thought about that one morning because I was sitting there and my feeder didn't go off. And I'm just kind of like, what the heck just happened? But, of course, you know, once it got light after my hunt was over, I went up there for some reason. And I, I kid you not, I had just put, I think, like 80 pounds of corn in that feeder. Something happened. I guess the spinner got stuck and it dispensed every kernel of corn <laughs> out of the feeder. Because when I was sitting in the stand, I looked down, I was like, man, I said, that ground sure is yellow. What is going on? So what happened was, I think the feeder went off. You could just probably hear it spinning. Because with the corn in it, you could hear it coming out. Right. I got that morning, went out there, and I looked. And I looked through the scope, and I said, man, I know that's not corn. Sure enough, I went out there. Every single kernel of corn dispense all 80 pounds. Wow. Now, you said you were changing the times. Is that because you're going to be hunting and you want them to focus on that area at certain times? Is that how that works? Yeah, because with the time you're ready to change, normally the way I have my, my feeder set up, uh, I had to go off at dark. Well, excuse me, well, early in the morning before this, the sun comes up. Mm -hmm. So usually about 6, I think, it'll go off. Given the time changes, I might have to change it to about maybe 6.30 or so. It all depends. You just have to kind of judge it. Because I like to be, there's two things I like to do. I either like to be in my uh, blind when the feeder goes off, or I like to be standing on the edge of the road when it goes off. Mm -hmm. So that way, it kind of gives you like a little bit of cover coming in. A lot of times, the deer hit a feeder, they're not coming in. Now, eventually, once it settles down, they'll come in. But also, it gives them that. That thing will say, hey, something kind of startled me. What is it? So is it the feeder? Is it me? They don't know. It's just one of them little things, little right. tricks I can kind of do. Whether it works, it probably doesn't. I don't know. Not just some, something I do. Is that, and that, have you, I've, I've heard stories about like people hunting in Texas and stuff like that where like when the feeders go off, like deer just come out of nowhere, you know, and, and hit your feeder because they can hear it. Maybe they're bedded close where they can hear it go off. Is that some, any kind of, have you experienced anything like that? I haven't seen deer do it, but hogs, let me tell you something. I've had that feeder go off, and you get, if they're close by, you give them about 10 minutes, and they're coming. <laughs> Matter of fact, I've been walking up to a feeder one time. They go off. Have you ever seen that hog wild that they make? It smells like yeah. cool and berries. Mm -hmm. My daughter was hunting that day. I said, I'm going to go out. I'm going to sling a cup of hog wild, you know, just out on the plot and take that smell in the air. By the time I walked into a feeder, this hog came out of the edge of the bushes, bushes and looked me dead in the face. Oh, wow. I'm going to have and to I, make a trip to South Carolina. I'm going to smack one of these hogs with my bow. Come on. Come on, man. Let's hey, do don't it. tempt me with a good time, buddy. I'll do it. I'll do it. Now, if I can just get, get the damn hogs to come in, but, you know, I can, I can always talk to somebody in the club and say, hey, what standard of hog you're on, and they'll tell you. Because the guys in my club, they hate hogs. They can't stand them. <laughs> oh, we're have to we're have to get on this. We're having to make plans for this. You said yeah, you can like, hunt them year round. Year round. Ooh, we might have to make after this show's over. We might have to make some plans. Old Brett might be coming yeah. to South Carolina, smack some hogs. That'd be awesome. You can hunt them all year. That's awesome. Wonder what a out of state tag goes for for something like that. Um, uh, you don't you don't even. You don't need tags for hogs, I don't think. Oh, really? No. Now we're definitely talking because the wife's sister lives in South Carolina now doing her residency for become a doctor. And she's can't remember exactly the town, so I don't I don't want to get it wrong, but 
it's just going to be probably with it's in the state, so we'll say that. And uh, I might be able to say, "Hey, you go visit your sister. I'm gonna go smack some hogs." <laughs> my memory might be bad, but I don't ever remember putting a tag on a hog. I know I haven't. The only tag I put on it is that the processor saying, "Hey, I want maple sausage, uh, <laughs> pork chops." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, there's no. There's, all you gotta do is get a get a license. In South Carolina, the out of state, it isn't. It's not too bad like some states. Right, I know, man. Some states are terrible with that. I don't understand. You'd think that they would want the revenue, or maybe they just know that people are going to pay that because they because they want to come there. Like yeah. I know to go shoot uh, deer in Illinois is just unbelievable. It's uh, five to seven hundred bucks depending on what you want to shoot. I know, like Indiana is like in the hundred and fifty range, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, Kentucky, where I want to go down and boat hunt down there, it's like three hundred and thirty for a boat out of state boat tag. No. You think they would they would come down on that price a little bit, but people pay it, so maybe they're on to something, I guess. Now we'll get you in a hog hunt. Like I said, I do it. Just talk to the guy and say, "Hey, what stand the hogs on?" And they'll tell you. They don't go to fourteen. They probably just run a feeder out there for like I think I take a personal feeder out there running for like three days or so. And they're, man. Oh, we're, we're on the <laughs> Well, uh, t- well tell, tell everybody where they can uh, find you at on social media. Okay. Uh, we're on Instagram. Like, we don't have Facebook, but the Instagram is Hunting with the Marshes. All one word, Hunting with the Marshes. Uh, you look on, check it out. Um, I'm sorry because I don't have any current pictures on there. but uh, Yeah, but you'll me. be getting out in the stand here soon. And you'll have plenty yeah. of pictures, I'm sure. Yeah, my daughter's already like, look, we got to put some stuff on the page. She was like, look, your little hiatus is over. She said, like, we got to get the page back up and going. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on with me, man, and doing this. We'll definitely get you get you back on at some point to to uh, talk some more hunting with you. Hopefully, big buck story is what we're hoping for. Yeah, Brett, you know, Joyce, and the little fella, hello. Glad catching up. Got I got to stay in touch. Like I said, I'm back in the game now, man. I'll stay in touch and hear about a call and get some hunting stuff going on. on and- Got this, got this doggone house out of the way, so I've got to get back to my normal life now. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thanks for everybody for watching. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go over to YouTube, hit that red button for us. Subscribe for us, and you'll get to see plenty of more of these interviews. And you know, hunting starts this weekend. We get the youngsters out for youth weekend, and hopefully, uh, we're able to pull that off for you guys. But thanks yep. for listening. Have a great day. All right, Brett.